0: Welcome to the Gym Heroes Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Peacock. Today's show is brought to you by GymDesk, the easiest gym management software you'll ever use. Take payments, create marketing automations, track attendance, and much more. To try the software out free, Go to gymdesk.com. No credit card or painful sales call required. Our hero today is Debbie Oster, owner of Entrepreneur's Edge and a fractional chief marketing officer for more than one fitness business. Today, Debbie helps us cut through all the chaos and stop committing what she calls random acts of marketing. If you've ever wondered what you should focus on in marketing your fitness business, or why what you've been trying might not be working, this is the episode for you. Without further ado, Debbie Oster.
1: All right, welcome to the Gym Heroes Podcast, Debbie. How are you doing today?
2: I'm doing well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. So for viewers that don't know you, go ahead and introduce yourself and your background in the fitness business.
2: Sure. So, um, my name is Debbie. As he said, I'm um, the owner of Entrepreneurs Edge, which is a marketing uh, firm. And but I work as the fractional CMO for multiple small businesses. One of them being a fitness business consulting firm. Um, so I've worked with uh, gym owners, personal trainers for quite a few years now. I'm interacting with them on a, a personal basis.
1: Awesome. So. When I first heard heard you on another podcast, you were talking about something that caught my attention, and that is random acts of marketing. As somebody um, who ran a little Taekwondo club, and I didn't know what I was doing at all, I definitely wasted a lot of time on uh, random, random acts of marketing. So can you explain to anyone who might not be familiar, what are random acts of marketing?
2: Sure. So, random acts marketing um, are—they're very tactical. It's you're jumping from one thing to the next. It's sporadic. There's no real rhyme or reason behind them. They don't um, align to the strategy if you have one. Uh, Typically, most people get involved in random acts marketing when they don't have a strategy or plan in place. Um, But yeah, they just feel very like almost reactive. Like your business hits a lull you get kind of anxious or, or, or stressed out. So you're, you see, you know, oh, maybe I should run Facebook ads or maybe I need to start blogging or you know, it's just kind of just a random, no real um, strategy backing it.
1: Yeah, and that creates inconsistency, burns money. And so you spend a lot of money and effort in a bunch of directions, but don't get any return on investment.
2: Correct. What I found is most business owners that engage in random acts of marketing, one, again, they don't have the strategy backing it. So whatever they're doing, they're not doing very well. So wasted money. Two, they don't really um, know how to measure the results uh, to see how it's doing and or how to adjust, um, you know, the activity to make it better. And, you know. Mm Three, you know, sometimes they don't even measure anything, <laughs> so they just do something yeah. and expect this influx of business, and then they don't get that, and they're like, "Well, it's not working," um, when in fact it's just that there's no strategy behind it, and they're not measuring the right things, and or um, mm. yeah, they just don't really know what they're doing.
1: <laughs> yeah, measurement for sure. So that sounds like you're tough. You you you're kind of have alluded to ways that you can protect against random marketing tactics. So um, I think you mentioned goals in there. How do we develop proper goals, first of all?
2: So the first thing you need to do as a business owner um, is to determine what what are your business goals? What are you trying to accomplish in the business? Is that, you know, Mm -hmm. um, open a second gym this year or is it to... Uh, increase your prices? Is it to retain more of your clients? Um, You know, so whatever your actual business goals are, from there, you need to create marketing goals that align with those business goals. So marketing and business goals are two separate things. Um, And in order to create, you know, your marketing strategy and plan, you need goals. And those goals need to be aligned with what you're trying to accomplish in the business.
1: So, Hmm. At some point, those goals need to become like an actual strategy, right? So how do you take those goals and then develop strategy? Like, what does a good strategy look like?
2: Um, A good strategy is composed of, you know, who are we trying to target? How are we going to reach those people, you know, via the right channels and the right type of messaging and the right type of differentiators, Um, you know, who are our competitors being aware of that? What are they doing? What are they not doing so that you can identify the gaps or opportunities in the market? Um, And then, you know, being able to determine, you know, get real clear on your offers. Um, So what your offers are, how you're going to talk about them and who they specifically serve best. Um, So all of those are components of a strategy. Um, So if you want to create like really good marketing or, uh, you know, the strategy should align with the goals that you set. So say your marketing goal is uh, to, okay, say the business goal is to increase client retention. So then the marketing goal might be to, you get more specific with it. The marketing goal is we're gonna launch a client retention program in Q1 of this year. Um, And then the strategy itself needs to be thinking about that, keeping that goal in mind. If we're going to try to retain more clients, we're launching a retention program. You know, what are the activities and the ways that we're going to talk to our existing clients in order to try to get them to want to stay with us for longer? Uh, does that make sense?
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so I know, I, I know now we having worked both sides, worked in marketing, worked um, as a fitness business owner. <laughs> the strategy often does not make it into a plan. So what is the difference between a strategy and plan? My test on it. What is, what is to, to make it clear? What is the difference between a strategy and plan, and how you put together a good plan that you can follow?
2: Okay. Yep. So starting with the difference, um, you know, strategy is like I mentioned, who you're targeting, how you're gonna, you know, attract to them, the messaging you're gonna use, um, your, you know, all of that information, and then the plan is the tactical, the activities, the the actual roadmap for these are the things we're going to do on these channels and these formats and how frequently. Um, a marketing plan typically ends up, you know, helping you create your marketing calendar. It lets everybody know that's involved, what they need to be doing, what they're working towards when they need to be doing things. Um, so that's really the marketing. It's the, I call it like the ex- tactical execution of the strategy mm. or the roadmap. Um, and to, to your other point, like how do you create a really solid plan? You know, it has to have really clear objectives. So we want to do this by this date, um, you know, so very specific and time bound. Um, You want it to also, you know, really clearly identify what channels we are targeting. The, you know, the personas are baked in there as well. Like if you have three or four different customer segmentations or personas that you're targeting, you know, what are the channels for each of those? And what are the things, the activities, the messaging that's going to resonate with each of those personas? Um, So having that all really clear in your plan. And again, like just how frequently are you going to do these things and what type of content do you need to be creating? All of that needs to be really clear and documented and everybody that's a stakeholder or part of the team needs to be on board and, and understand, you know, what that plan is and know where to find it so that they can look at it on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. Um, The other thing that I always include in a solid marketing plan is what are the KPIs or the key performance indicators that are going to let us know if the plan is going as expected or if it gets derailed. So, you know, and I try like to keep it as simple as possible, you know, choose three to seven key performance indicators that you can monitor on a regular basis and watch them and report back to the team weekly to see if they're moving in the right direction. And when something is off or not moving, Somebody needs to be able to raise their hand and own that and say, we need to adjust something. This isn't, this isn't doing what we wanted it to do.
1: You so you work with a lot of companies to help them figure these things out. How do you help companies find the right audiences? Maybe they already know the audience. How do you help them find like the right channel?
2: So I have various exercises um, that go into that. But, you know, I found with a lot of small businesses, they say, oh, I have my buyer persona or I know my ideal client. Mm -hmm. Um, But then when I ask them, okay, well, let me see it. You know, it's like a very general, like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. I'm targeting people ages 30 to 60 who just want to feel better about themselves. You know, it's very vague and <laughs> <laughs> <in> general. <Everyone. laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's very common. And not just with fitness businesses, but with all small business owners in general. So mm-hmm. the first thing I do is, you know, get them very clear on who these people are and like get to know them. What are their pain points, their wants, their aspirations? And, you know, I know people hear this all the time, but like there are specific exercises and ways that you can dig really deep um, to find. What I sometimes refer to as marriage material. Like these are not people that you just want to date. These are people you want to marry. They are the perfect client for you and your offers, and you need to find as many of them as possible. So once that's really, um, you know, clearly outlined from there, it's getting creative with, okay, who could we partner with that has a similar audience? you know, what channels do these people hang out? Are they on Facebook and Facebook groups and like, you know, mommy groups or are they hanging out on LinkedIn because they're busy professionals and that's where they choose to spend their time. Um, so that's how kind of identify and it's it's on a client or, you know, case by case basis. And it's all derived from the insights that we get uh, in building a really um, comprehensive buyer persona.
0: Real quick, before I put you back into the episode, GymDesk has powerful yet intuitive features to grow your business, and there's a few really great features I'd like to highlight. The first is a deep, best-in-class email and SMS marketing system with automation tools to make your life as a business person so much easier. It's like having a dedicated, full-featured email service provider native to your gym software. We're really proud of it, and it's something that we've recently overhauled. And in addition to all the stuff a good management software should do for you, like member management, attendance, booking, scheduling, and reporting, you can set up an easy, simple, attractive point-of-sale system to sell merchandise in person or through your website with just a few clicks. And if you like to provide members-only content, we have a content management system that lets you choose who can see what content and when, all visible from member's web portal and the GymDesk user app. So give your gym the lift it deserves. Go to gymdesk.com or click the link in the description.
1: Right. And so that, that information helps you to focus where your tactics are going to be, right? Because the problem is that people skip the tactical without going through goals and strategy, first, which will shape what that tactical will actually be. Exactly.
2: Um, it's like top down. So goals, right? strategy, plan, you know, with the tactics and channels.
1: Yeah. So with that in mind, what does a good plan look like? I think the, the, the most burning question for me is like, how long should a plan last? Cause it, it doesn't feel like a plan it should like just go indefinitely. It should have a season to it. How's that? Look?
2: Yep. So, okay. There's, I'm just going to back up a second. There's the strategy, which, you know, you want to revisit, I would say every three to six months just make sure nothing big has changed. And if it has, you know, you need to make sure everybody involved is aware of that um, and on the same page. But then the plan itself, I do on a quarterly basis. So it's, you know, the end of each quarter, you look back at like, what's happened? How did we do? Has anything changed? Do we need to add anything in? um, Get rid of something because it's not working. You know, you're really just analyzing what, Went well and what didn't, and then I create a plan for the the subsequent quarter. I found that a three month period um, seems to work best because when you try to get um, when you try to go uh, like more uh, granular than that, like you try to do monthly plans, you, it's just not enough time for a lot of things to actually start working or take hold. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, I think about like seasonality and things like that. You really just can't determine if something went well or didn't in one month's time for the most part. Um so I found, yeah, three month time frame is pretty legit. And during that time frame, like I said, if you're monitoring those key performance indicators, you know, you're in say week four, five, six and something just is totally off. Again, somebody needs to raise their hand and say it. Like, hey, we got Five or six weeks left in this quarter. Let's make a change now instead of waiting. You don't, you know, it doesn't. It's not no hard and fast rule that you have to just stick with it because you said you're going to do it for three months. Um, you know, so that would be my suggestion for time frame.
1: Yeah, that seems to be a lot of like, very big professional companies like to go in quarters. Right, here's our tactical for this quarter. Then we mm-hmm. measure it and make a, make our adjustment for the coming. But if you're a small business, you can be more agile. If you feel like it's just been bad, the measurements have been bad the whole quarter, you can you can pivot before the quarters. There's no, no rule against it.
2: Hmm. Exactly.
1: So speaking of measurement, how do you determine the right KPIs to, to measure so you understand effectiveness and maybe if you need to pivot?
2: So it really depends on what the overarching goals are, Um, you know, whatever your business goals are, and then the aligned marketing goals, that's going to determine what are the things you're measuring. Um, You know, if ultimately, you're trying to, you know, make more sales or grow revenue, well, you know, there's a point in the in like the, the buyer's journey where it's really on the sales team or the person who's closing the sales. So For me, for marketing, there's these activities we're doing leading up to that sales conversation. And those are the things that I want to monitor. So usually there's like the attraction, like what are the things we're doing to get more people to get their, you know, to see us and have, you know, be aware of us. So there's usually a KPI surrounding that. And a lot of times it's maybe website traffic um, or it's, you know, followers on social media, um, but then from there, you, you want to measure some kind of a KPI that lets you know that people are starting to like interact with your company, like maybe lead magnets. So opt-in forms, they want to be on your newsletter, or email list. Um, that would kind of be a ne- the next KPI. Um, and then another one at some point is further down the funnel where they're actually ready to raise their hand and say, I kind of want to talk to somebody and maybe come see your facility. That is another marketing KPI. Um, And these are called all different things based on the company and, you know, the the culture. But um, really, it's all the activities from attracting the right people to getting them into a sales call. Um, Anything in that kind of area that you want to be measuring. And again, you have to determine what's most important to you.
1: Right? Do you ever counsel your clients to aggregate that data in one place? Like are there tools that you recommend people so they can, um, business owners, so that they can kind of understand how those things are playing out um, at a at a glance?
2: So there's lots of platforms and tools out there for measuring this kind of stuff. Um, I don't have one specifically that I recommend. I'll be honest uh, with some of my clients, we just use a good old fashioned spreadsheet. Um, it's just a a way for us to see on a weekly, monthly, quarterly basis, you know, what's happening, what numbers are moving in the right direction, which are not. Um, and again, like, you know, I always say that, that saying like, keep it simple, stupid, (laughs) like anything Uh that's overcomplicated is much more apt to fall to the wayside. So the simpler you keep it, the better, and you can always layer more things in down the road once you and your team get a, a handle on like measuring things and keeping, you know, keeping on track. Um, but yeah, I mean, the simpler the better. Just being able to see those, like I said, three to seven KPIs somewhere, everybody has access to it and you can review them weekly and monthly. Um, you know, daily, there are some things that I, I could see gym owners wanting to review daily, but I, I don't think that's something to necessarily uh, focus on too much, you know.
1: Yeah, you run the risk of vanity metrics at that point, especially with website traffic. That can be a, that can be a, yeah. <laughs> You
2: yeah, well, and to that point, I, I'd like to add in that, you know, I mentioned, you know, website traffic and social media followers, you got to be really careful about those numbers, though, like, website traffic, just because it's going up doesn't mean it's good, relevant traffic. So you really want to make sure that you don't allow yourself to kind of feel like, oh, we're Everything's great there because our website traffic keeps increasing. Um, You know, you could have randomly gotten spam bots and it looks like traffic is increasing or um, similarly with uh, Instagram, you know, people get followers all the time. But if those people are not in your local area and they're just following you for some other random reason or they're, you know, it's spam, that doesn't matter because they're not going to engage and then eventually buy from you.
1: So I'm, I'm curious to know, why do you tap the KPIs of seven specifically?
2: Um, mostly just because I feel like anything after that gets a little bit too complicated and too um, like granular or detailed. And like I said, just in the teams I've worked with, um, the more numbers you're trying to track, the more convoluted it gets. Um, And, you know, the picture is just very less clear for everybody. But if you've only got like seven or less things you're all looking at regularly, it's much easier to just kind of see the storyline and see and kind of keep with it. Um, You know, that's not to say, you know, some of my clients, we're measuring a lot more metrics just so we have those numbers and we can dig deeper if we need to. But in general, our weekly meetings consist of us reviewing those seven KPIs.
1: Gotcha. For business owners who are not familiar with analytics, um, why do you set the floor at three KPIs?
2: i uh, just making sure I understand. So you're just, you're saying like, kind of like, why would I, we only want to track three things?
1: So you said three to seven APIs, right?
2: Yeah. Is that
1: mm-hmm. uh, effort recollection? Okay. So why yes. is the floor at three and just one or two?
2: I mean, there's no, uh, you know, specific reason for that. It's, I just found that there's usually about three things that we're measuring, whether it's mm-hmm. uh, again, website traffic, making sure we're attracting people to the site, leads. So people giving us their contact information and then either conversations or um, you know that kind of like next step, like they book a a, a stop by or a consult or whatever it is. I've just found that those there's, there's typically at least three things that somebody should be measuring in to like kind of cover the the bases of all the stages of a journey. You know,
1: right? Yeah, I, I was an SEO, so I worked a lot with analytics, and I had to like challenge myself with pool numbers and like try and make a, um, a story out of it, like explain what's happening. And yeah, you can't. You really can't. If you if you're not tracking enough metrics, there's only so much insight you can have. It's not going to help you that much. Mm -hmm. Um, And Mm -hmm. when you pair, like you were talking about leads, website visits. When you pair leads and website visits together, those data points enrich one another. It becomes more Mm -hmm. useful to you because now you can understand oh, are my website traffic efforts actually resulting in downline convergences? Um, yeah.
2: Right, right. And you can you can say, you know, oh, I'm getting a lot of website traffic, so perhaps my SEO is, is doing what it's supposed to do, but none of them are converting into leads. So there's some issue with the user experience or my calls to action or I don't have any lead capture opportunities on the site. Um, so yeah. yeah, you can really kind of high level pinpoint where there might be a breakdown mm-hmm. um, or a bottleneck.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, it's yeah. funny, I actually was just writing some content yesterday about you know actionable insights, and you know, we hear that term so often in the marketing industry. Um, and what I found is with most small businesses, you know, the marketing professionals they worked for or worked with, or like specifically agencies, they tend to send them these robust reports with all these numbers on them on a monthly basis but it's like the business owner looks at it and their mind wants to explode because they have no idea what most of them mean they don't know how to take any action on any of them Um, so unless it's explained to them in detail it's 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 useless to them and that's again why i try to keep those kpis that the business owners monitoring kind of on like the, you know, a shorter, a list, a shorter list just so they don't get overwhelmed and they can actually do something about about it when they see the numbers going in the wrong or the right direction, you know?
1: Right. Understanding where to go in the business is just as much about excluding information as it is making sure you're, you're tracking a certain. Mm -hmm. So you can just get lost in the weeds on metrics that, Feel important for no particular reason, but actually don't really matter that much.
2: Yep. Yeah. I found in so in bigger companies, you know, they usually have larger teams and resources. So there are people who are measuring those really granular details or metrics. You know, there's dozens of metrics that are being monitored. Um, But Ultimately, those people are responsible for measuring those and, and knowing when something's right or wrong and then rolling it up into some kind of like main KPI that then they hand off to the higher up, the executive, the owners, um, and that lets them to, to look at it you know, high level. Um, and that's why with business owners, because they don't have those teams and resources typically. So I say measure the higher level stuff that lets you know if things are going in the right direction or not. And if something is not or something seems off or broken, then dig much deeper into the smaller stuff. you know you just don't want to get lost in all the analytics of everything um, if if it's just not necessary
1: mm-hmm. now, as a also from an SEO background I, I will tell you if you're looking at the anal- analytics to guide your business, which you said move from analytics to strategy to plans as quickly as you can because. Paralysis by analysis will set in very fast, and then you're gonna be like, well, "Maybe should I?" And then you start playing with the numbers, and you're, you're gonna confuse yourself. Just don't just look at your top-level <laughs> KPIs. Yeah. Strategy at measure. <laughs> yeah. Get out yeah. of that part of the loop as quickly as possible.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like that. It's so true. Analysis by paralysis or uh, paralysis by analysis. Yeah, I've well, seen it time yeah. and time again. <laughs> yep.
1: We're all prone to it. Me especially. I like to be in my head a lot, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> start yeah. just start moving. Start yeah, moving. <laughs> excellent. Well, this has been really, really good. That's a lot to think about, um, so especially the analytics part. So, um, where can listeners find you? If they want to reach out, pick your brain.
2: Sure. Um, so, again, Debbie Oster. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm very active there. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook. Um, my website is entrepreneursedge.biz. Um, and uh yeah, I mean feel free to reach out if you have any needs or just want to talk. I love chatting about marketing strategy and as you can tell. So um yeah, yeah thanks for cool. listening. I appreciate it and thanks for having me on.
1: Thanks for coming on and sharing your wisdom with us too.